This October, Overwatch 2 arrives. I'm going to give you a rundown on what to expect from the new free-to-play, team-based shooter game. There are a ton of epic heroes to play, each with their own unique abilities, personalities, and roles. Charge into battle as a guerrilla scientist, take aim as a cybernetic super soldier, or heal up your team as a rollerblading DJ. No matter what mode you play, work together to get that dub. Overwatch 2, free to play October 4th. On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thursday, January 20th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith. We're ready to break down this uh, Thursday uh, NHL card. It is a big one on this Thursday. Uh, We've got uh, nine games on tap, uh, and we'll break them all down for you in just a second. Uh, Briefly, though, about last night, a great game with the Leafs and the Rangers on TNT. Uh, Rangers coming back from a 3-1 deficit and they win six to three over the Leafs uh not very good defensively and great game from a betting standpoint for the show here because uh, I was on the Rangers as a best bet I know Andrew liked the over uh, in that game uh, both of them canceled I was also hoping like hell for that draw for Alex because that <laughs> Leafs Rangers game looking like with the Rangers coming back there we yep. might get overtime and even at four three there's still a chance but and another defensive breakdown by the uh, Leafs. How do you leave Chris Kreider, of all people, alone right in front of the net uh, on that 5-3 goal? Uh, and it ended up being uh, a comeback win for the uh, Rangers. How about the Arizona Coyotes? Shocking. Uh, they continue to find ways to win. Uh, they beat New Jersey. Not good for me on the Devils team total. No no bueno on that one as they get uh, uh, pretty much uh, done in by Vimelka, who's done this on more than one occasion. Uh, but give Arizona credit. They're getting solid goaltending, defensively good, and they're scoring now all of a sudden. That's five against Montreal, four more goals last night. Clayton Keller playing like a man possessed. If you're going to look at maybe betting anything in Arizona games right now, I'll stay away from a side or total because they seem to be unpredictable at the moment, Arizona. Maybe just ride uh, Clayton Keller, either goal-scoring props or points props because he has got it going right now. Uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And then the nightcap, Colorado shutting out Anaheim 2-0. You know, not the most exciting game in the world, but we do have the best moment of that game was, and I'm going to do the old clap right now. (laughs) Bravo, Curtis McDermott and Nicholas Delorier uh, of those uh, for the Avalanche and Ducks, respectively. And I said this on Twitter, Alex, these guys are like Ty Domi versus Rob Ray. Back in the day where it seems like every single time their teams play each other, they find a way to drop the gloves and have a little scrap uh, against one another. I mean, back in the day when Domi was with the Leafs, Ray was with the Sabres, those two guys would fight every single time it seemed the Leafs played the Sabres. And that's sort of like it's what it's been lately with McDermott and Delorier. Remember, 
McDermott was with the Kings previously before the Colorado Avalanche. So he played Anaheim a ton with LA as well. And they always seem to fight every time they played each other. Same thing here with Colorado and Anaheim since uh, McDermott's been with the, the Avalanche. And man, you talk about old school fight. That's what that was. It was a uh, over a minute. They were throwing bombs. They were throwing haymakers. And I love the McDermott as that fight's going on. They're starting to tire out a bit. He does the old wave away to the ref saying, get back, you guys. Get out of here. We're not done yet. We ain't finished. We still got some uh, haymakers and some uh, right-handed knuckle sandwiches to throw before this thing's all said and done. That was just a good old tilly, if you will. A good old tilt, good old scrap. Uh, outstanding by both guys was one of the better fights this year uh, in the NHL. And it's a reminder to me and hopefully everybody watching. That's why we need fighting in the game. We need it. You know, it's good when you have a good fight like that. It's two guys looking to set the tone for their respective teams. Certainly in instances where McDermott fought the other day against Greenway for Minnesota, it was a situation where he's defending his goalie who he thought got run over by uh, Greenway in that game when he ran over Darcy Kemper. You still need, there's still a place for fighting in this game. I can't stand it with some of the silly sallies out there and anybody else that says we got to take, uh, you know, fighting out of this game and out of this sport. There's still a place for it. Yeah, do you have to be a guy when you're on the fourth line that has to be able to do some other things besides fight? You know, forecheck well, make some plays. Yeah, but there's still a place for fighting and there's still a place for terrific fights like the one we saw last night. So well done. Bravo, Curtis McDermott and Nick Delorier last night uh, alex uh, what are your thoughts from uh, last night and certainly that fight was uh just a marvelous boat yeah that was one of the, the highlights of the night for sure and I, was, I was actually at a bar down the street for me watching that and it was i wish i had had my phone recording everybody in the bar because everybody all of a sudden looking up and saying oh wow you know this is a, a group of mostly older people there as well they were really enjoying this fight like i said it was, it was definitely an old school kind of feel and uh, it, it was just nice to see that. Like I said, McDermott, Delorier, I think they even had a fight once going back to their AHL days, respectively, with Ontario and, and San Diego. So, like I said, this is a, a battle that's going back and forth for a while, and, and you love to see it. Uh, it. It's definitely something, like I said, it's part of the game. Curtis McDermott, the guy, I remember when he got uh, picked in the expansion draft, they were talking about moving him right away, and I was hoping the Hawks would get him. Uh, there's a lot of teams that, that can use that kind of play, especially – We'll talk about it more as, as time goes on. But when you get down to the later half of the season into the playoffs, you need that physical presence. You need a guy who can throw the body around and maybe even drop the gloves uh, time in and time out. He's also a guy who can play the forward and defense roles as well. Just a, a good, well-rounded player. Yes, he's not going to get you you know 10 goals and, and 10 assists in a season. But he's going to do a lot of work that doesn't show up on the score sheet. So props to him. And, and that was an odd game outside of the fight, to be honest, because I thought we were going to see a bunch of goals there. We only ended up seeing two from Colorado, uh, one in the second and then the empty netter late. Uh, it, it's interesting to see that, you know, Colorado, it's good for them to win games like that. They got to win those two, nothing, three, one kind of games. Everything can't be seven, eight goals night after night. So they do have to find ways to win those low scoring affairs. But I uh, was definitely expecting more fireworks as far as goals are concerned, not just punches. Uh, and, of course, we talked about the Toronto and New York uh, game. They said both of you guys were able to cash your best bets. The, the play I liked was that draw. Looked like it was going to cash in at one point when they were tied 3-3. And then I made a, a, a live wager to get correct score of New York 4, Toronto 3, uh, which would have would have paid me almost about 100 bucks on just $10. That score goes up 4-3, and I'm thinking it's going to hold on, it's going to hold on, and all of a sudden, like you mentioned, the play happens, 
they ended up being five three. They get Anthony Edwards for six three. So had two chances at some uh, nice prices there, but could not cash with them. But he said just a complete meltdown defensively for Toronto late in that game, and that's something they have to kind of uh, work on. That's you know old Toronto. That's what we saw two, three, four years ago that kept them from uh, you know making it forward in the playoffs. They're going to try and win some series. They can't have games like that, especially against top tier teams like the New York Rangers. It was a uh, soft and purposeless performance, according to head coach Sheldon Keefe uh, last night for the uh, Toronto uh, Maple Leafs. Uh, not holding back uh, on what he thought of that uh, uh, performance last night. But also at the same time, you can't panic. They've had a tough skit. They played some pretty good teams lately, the Leafs, really good teams. And playing teams that were playing well at the time, like the Blues, Golden Knights, go down the list of who they've had to play lately. And there's no shame in losing to the New York Rangers. It should note, or blowing a lead to the New York Rangers. That's a very good hockey team. That's, uh, you know, they're in the running for the President's Trophy right now, uh, based on the standings. They played well. Shesterkin, man. Didn't exactly start the game well, but boy, the third period when that game was on the line, the saves he made uh, in that third period, uh, several good chances for the Leafs to really get the momentum back on their side, even after the Rangers tied the game. And Shesterkin was just a brick wall and slammed the door shut throughout that third period. That's why he's the front runner, in my opinion, right now for the Vesna Trophy this year. I think he is. I think he's in the pole position right now. Uh, for the Vesna Trophy at this point in time. Uh, Andrew McGinnis is with us now here on the Thursday show. Andrew, uh, look back on last night. I mean, yeah, shout out to the Arizona Coyotes. Wow. Uh, keeping things close. Uh, the Devils, you know, besides uh, besides Heischer, um, wasn't much for them. I mean, Jack Hughes got a little bit going. He couldn't really uh, finish um, around the net. Good stuff from the Coyotes. Got to respect them. Wish I had the the guts to take that plus one and a half I talked about on the show. Uh, unfortunately it was just a winner. I left off the board, but, um, yeah, I was, you know, just the one play officially for me yesterday. And that was my best bet I made on the show. And that was the over in the Rangers game. And, you know, the funny thing is, is it, you know, we, we talk about teams coming off that road trip, longer road trips and what happens to them that first game. Well, that was literally the epitome of it guys. The fact of the matter is though, the Leafs got the lead as expected, but they just couldn't hold on to it. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be Andrew today that makes fun of the Leafs. I'm just going to say that, it goes to show that the New York, you know, Rangers have the ability to come back even after a slow start. So I think that a lot, it kind of, you know, if we're talking about learning lessons, maybe we should start looking at just the first period money line fading those teams off the road trip because you get them a period to get their legs back and all of a sudden they're back in action. But uh, yeah, happy I stayed off that Anaheim Colorado game because, you know, Colorado can't go over in every game. It's not going to be a, you know, 82 game season of overs for them. Uh, yesterday was an under, so we'll see what happens in, in today's game with them. Good stuff. And I, uh, I want to say, as far as the fighting you mentioned there, if you guys saw the video, uh, talking about I, when I jumped on with you guys, talking about the fighting belonging in the game, Darcy Kemper didn't get hit at all. He didn't even get touched. Not one bit. I saw three angles of that. There was not grazed. even one part. He grazed? He got grazed at least. Uh, I, I don't even know. Uh, maybe, but like either way, he threw himself like there was a sniper in the upper bowl that, that shot him down. You know what I mean? So that to me is what people hate about hockey as far as fighting in hockey is the BS like that. Because if, if I was a defenseman, I would do the exact same thing. Because to him, if you're goalie, if I was Kemper, I would feel bad because here I was being a diver and all of a sudden, now my player is fighting, thinking he's protecting me when I didn't even get shoved. So as far as fighting goes in the league, there's always there's 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 a space in the game for stage fights to get the crowd going. There's a space in the game for protecting your teammates. 
But when your goalie is flopping around, like he just got, you know, punched by Muhammad Ali. And then all of a sudden you got a player that has to protect you, even though you didn't even get touched. That to me doesn't belong in the game, but it's hard for that player to know that your, your goaltender was diving, you know? Well, exactly. That's why I can't fault McDermott. It certainly looked no. like on live that there was a there was some contact. There's some potentially significant contact. But you look at the replay, there was not much. Yeah. But still, he's right there. He's, still, they don't like being right there in the grill of your goalie. Uh, Great acting, though. Back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A lot. <laughs> I find that's happening a lot. There was a terrible situation where I think Koskinen had a horrible flop for Edmonton in a game. Yes. Actually, at New York, I remember that. Uh, it was against the uh, Rangers. It was embarrassing, that one. That was just so bad and so blatant. That's the kind of shit you don't want uh, in the uh, National Hockey League. Just to answer someone's question in the uh, chat, yes, Jay Bennett, because I want to throw it out. Yeah, Alex has other shows. He's got another NHL show. Andrew, of course, has another NHL show uh, as well during the day. And I have Pub Sports Radio, uh, Jay Bennett, so I'll just point you in that direction. Pub Sports Radio, you just search that on YouTube, and you'll find all the other stuff I do is on that channel, NBA college basketball, football, all the other sports. So uh, give that a a search on YouTube, uh, Pub Sports Radio, and you'll find all my other shows there uh, for that. Uh, This is just for hockey here on this channel, of course, the uh, Ice Guys. So good stuff. Let's get to Thursday's card. Ottawa-Pittsburgh, first game on tap. Pittsburgh, minus 330. Home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Penguins, of course, uh, playing terrific. Uh, eight and two their last 10 games it's been a great run uh for them pretty solid road trip overall uh, a six game road trip philadelphia uh dallas anaheim la san jose and vegas on that six game road trip they go four and two overall they win the last two games uh, over san jose and a big comeback against vegas they did not start well uh, in the first period against the golden knights and they ended up coming back from that early 2-0 deficit, beating Vegas 5-3. to Kind of a depleted Golden Knights team at the moment, but still got to give the uh, Penguins a lot of credit. Uh, Jason Zucker uh, with two goals for them in that game. Uh, and, of course, Crosby puts it away with the empty net goal as well. They outshot Vegas 37-26, uh, to so probably deserving of that uh, victory Pittsburgh in the end. Now they return home from a pretty lengthy six-game road trip here uh, against an Ottawa team that's coming off a bit of a misleading final score against Buffalo. Three to one loss, but I thought they played uh, quite well uh, earlier uh, overall this year. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, um, the Ottawa Senators in that game, 44 shots. You actually have to give Michael Hauser a lot of credit. Uh, played well uh, for the Buffalo Sabres that night. So yeah, it looks like Ottawa had a, a, a bad game and yeah, I guess they didn't do a good enough job finishing they still generated chances and had a lot of opportunities, just couldn't bury them. They've actually played, you know, for the most part, a little bit better hockey. Remember, they beat up on uh, Florida. They beat Tampa Bay. They've beaten Edmonton and Calgary as well in recent games. They played a little bit better uh, going into this game, uh, into this um, matchup against Pittsburgh. I'm going to be a little bit bold here because I really think this is a brutal situation for Pittsburgh here. I'm taking Ottawa plus 200 in the first period uh, tonight. I think they are absolutely jumping on Pittsburgh early. This is a very tricky spot. This is a, not this is not just a couple games that they were on the road. This is a six-game road trip in, of which they won four. They were it was very solid for them. You got Ottawa focused off a loss to Buffalo. They probably deserved a little bit better fate. Uh, I think they could pounce on this Penguins team in that first period here in this game. I'd even consider a sprinkle in the plus 300 for the full game, but I definitely want to focus more uh, on the first period and the first 20 minutes. I think they really 
uh, take advantage of this situation here for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh fat and happy. Pittsburgh coming off a good road trip, a long one, uh, and looking like, uh, you know, it just it sets up to me as a spot that stinks. You know what I mean? for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It really does have that feel. Everybody can't get enough of Pittsburgh. They're betting this thing up like they know the final score. Uh, minus 275 up to minus 330 uh, in this one. Now, Matt Murray was going to get the start for the Senators, but he's not going to be available, unfortunately, to face his old team. It'll be Forsberg instead for the Senators. Forsberg's actually been better lately. You look at four of his last five starts, he's given up two goals or less. He's been better. He had one kind of shaky start against Philadelphia. That's it. He's been a little bit better lately. Uh, for the Ottawa Senators. I think they're very much live in this game. I know long-term they've struggled against the Pens. I know long-term in Pittsburgh they've struggled, but I definitely think they've got a shot at least early in this one to maybe take uh, advantage of a jet-lagged Pittsburgh team coming off that six-gamer on the road. So Ottawa plus 200 first period, smaller sprinkle on the full game with the Ottawa Senators at plus 275, and also a bet on the over here at six just because of series history. Four straight overs, five of the last seven in Pittsburgh have gone over. A lot of high scoring in 5-3, in the last four meetings. So there you go. Uh, three bets on this game. Two on Ottawa, one on the full game over. Uh, Alex, sends and pens. This is what I'm saying away from. You know, at, at first glance, I kind of liked the over, but I also thought about, too, where, you know, Ottawa, like you said, having a, a couple of bad performances, you wonder if they were trying to short things up defensively, where they were one of those teams where if they do try to be a little bit more defensive-minded first, kind of takes away from their offense. Uh, at the same time, Pittsburgh's a dangerous enough team to get five or six goals on their own, especially if Forsberg's not having uh, a good a good enough night. So I, I feel like there's kind of a, a clash of uh, styles there that keeps me away from the total. If I had to play something side, obviously not laying 300 with, with Pittsburgh, it would be uh, looking toward maybe Ottawa, like sip that first period look, uh, and then maybe adjusting from there. But it's, it's going to be a pass for me altogether. All right, pass for Alex in this one. Yeah, I know I'm going against a 10-7 home team here in Pittsburgh, but they've actually got a better road record than home record, the Penguins on the year. So uh, they've been very good on the road. Not that they've been bad at home, but this has not been one of those St. Louis type situations where they've been absolutely unbeatable, dominant at home. That has not been the case uh, for the Penguins this year. Andrew, what do you think here? Ottawa, Pittsburgh. Yeah, short and sweet here. I'm on the over first, first period, one and a half goals. And this is one of those scenarios, guys, where, I don't really care that I'm I'm kind of, uh, as Kelly in Vegas says, I'm being a chalk-eating weasel on this play. Uh, you know, there's quite a bit of juice here uh, that I'm laying on this not this one, but I'd rather take the first period over than the full game. I feel more confident. Uh, and and that game, last game for Ottawa, was just one of those games where you're creating, you're creating, you're creating, you're creating, and you're running into a hot goaltender and you can't solve them. Uh, and I think, you know, they use the fat and sassy term. It could be a good spot to do that. Uh, but Pittsburgh's out the, good out the gate as well. They're a good first period team. So uh, to get me to two goals, I'll take it for a small play here over one and a half. All right. Like in the over one and a half minus one four. If you get, get used to that, obviously, if you're going to take first period overs, you're going to have to lay more of a price these days. Yeah. Uh, on those. Unless you're going to do the Alex B. Smith uh, theory and wait five minutes into the game and then bet it. Uh, if you're going to bet first period overs pregame, you got to be prepared to pay which, the piper. In this which case, may not be a bad idea for this one tonight either, considering I don't, I don't see this one being a super fast star. You probably get a better price within the first three minutes. So. 
Yeah, exactly. Definitely something to consider. Again, if you want that better number, if you want to knock that down to minus 120, minus 110, even money or hell, even a plus price, all you got to do is wait a few minutes, uh, usually uh, in the first period. and hope you get a goal to start uh, in the first couple minutes. Uh, Columbus and Philadelphia. Philadelphia minus 120, home favorite, six the total in this one. I'm going to go right to you guys. I, I want no part of this game, side total, nothing. Uh, I don't want either team. I don't trust Philly. They've obviously lost nine in a row, but I'm not rushing to bet Columbus on the road. And probably that game that Philly might think, you know what? We actually could win this one. And I did see signs of progress in that shootout loss to the Islanders, that marathon shootout. Um, They did play a better game, the Flyers, one of their best games in a while during this losing streak. You got to think a win might be on the horizon. And this is probably about as good a shot as they're going to have, but not at minus 120 yet, though. Am I ready to lay a price with the Flyers? So it's a clear pass for me. Alex, right to you. Jackets, Flyers. Uh, this is one of, I like the first period over. I like the full game over. I mean, it's just goals galore every time Columbus is involved, whether they're scoring six goals against, uh, you know, uh, Carolina and shocking everybody, or they're getting crushed and giving up nine goals against a team like Florida. Uh, it's just high-scoring affairs. And, you know, the same thing really with, with this Philly team, this slide that they're on now. You, you know, you really can't always trust on them to get offense rolling, but they're playing a team that's given up, you know, five goals in the last 13 games they have lost. So if they have a chance to win tonight, they're going to put they're at least going to find the back of the net at least two, three, four times in my opinion. So I don't know who wins this game, but it's going to be high scoring. I think it's probably first to five wins it. So I'm going to go with the over in the first period and the over in the full game. Yeah, let me retract that statement. I'm just looking at series history as well. I'm going to jump on the over here as well uh, at six. I mean, it's uh. Uh, Philly's one of those teams, though. I always worry about them. Can they do enough offensively? And Merzlikens, remember, he shut out Carolina, you know, last week. And just he's, he's capable of one of those games where he's just lights out and magnificent. And he's also one of those goalies that can get pulled like he did against Florida uh, over the weekend. So, but is this going to be a good night or a bad night for him? And can Philly do enough offensively? That's the question. But I'm not going to argue with series history. I mean, seven and one, uh, eight and one to the over in the last nine head to head meetings four, three, five, one, seven, four, four, three, four, three, four, three, six, three, five, three. Those have been the final scores, all of them clearing, you know, <laughs> six goals, a lot of them seven or more. So hard to argue with that. Andrew, uh, what do you like, if anything, here, Columbus and Philly? I wanted to ask you guys um, do you guys ever see the, uh, the books you guys use? Uh, Ian, we use a lot of the similar stuff, but uh, totals in regulation and team totals in regulation. Do you guys have those? Yeah, I've seen those at a couple. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Don't bet them much, but I've seen them. I know I'm, again, I'm being kind of chalky here, but I can get minus 145 Columbus team total over two and a half in regulation. That's a play I like, you know. Uh, right. I don't love this game that much, but I know there's going to be some goals here. And with Philadelphia, I'm not going to, you know, I'm having a pretty good season in the NHL after I had a horrible October, and I haven't had a good season off betting on bad teams. And Philadelphia has just found a way to lose, whether it's a shootout, whether it's a blowout, whatever it is. I think Columbus gets to three here tonight. So if I'm playing this game, I want to just focus on one team and one team only. Uh, and and again, you know, with the live betting way we can look at things, and this is why I look forward to doing some of these uh, live bet casts with you guys we could all, you know, show what we do and look at things and not force any bets, but just try and get involved. And, you know, this, these websites have availability where if we're 10 minutes into the game and it's zero, zero, we, I can get this over two and a half at minus minus one ten. you know? So that's where I'm looking with Columbus tonight. 
All right, Columbus team total here, over two and a half for uh, Andrew in this one. So initially it was a pass for me, but I'm going to jump on over six here in this one. Like, I mean, you look at it, every game for the most part, except one, the one under was a 3-2, and it still almost got there. Eight of the last nine, like I said, it's been six goals or more uh, between these two teams in eight of the last, at least six total goals in eight of the last nine meetings uh, between the Jackets and the Flyers. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Alex liking goals, and I'm going to go on the over, and a- Andrew liking the team total for the Jackets here in this one. Dallas and Buffalo. Uh, we've got Dallas minus 210 to minus 220. Road favorites, 5.5 the total in this one. Man, that's a bad loss for Dallas the other night against Montreal. Terrible, in fact, uh, against uh, Montreal at home. Uh, usually a good team on their home ice, but not that night. Uh, and um, you know, now they're going back on the road. Um against a Buffalo's this is a tough one because I'm not laying a price with Dallas on the road yet I do think they maybe snapped to attention here after just how pitiful that game turned out for them against Montreal they face Aaron Dell Farmer in the Dell uh, back in net here for the Sabres tonight uh, in this game uh, he's actually had a couple of better starts I mean he kind of struggled in the first uh, couple that he had but a little bit better lately. I mean, he deserved a better fate against Detroit. The roof kind of caved in on him in overtime of that game, 3-2. But he was pretty good through two periods in that game against the Red Wings, the early game on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, he deserved a better fate there. Uh, obviously, he's played Detroit before that, and he gave up four goals. But he also played Nashville, and he only gave up once. He's been actually better than I thought. Buffalo's been trending under. Does Dallas uh, wake up here in this game facing a team that uh, – you know, they should beat, but they should have won against Montreal the other night. They're on the road where they're just 4-13 uh, and 13, uh, this season. I lean Dallas still in regulation, but I just can't do it at that price with how poor they've been away from home, away from Big D. They've got four wins on the year, and I know they're playing Buffalo here, but that's still definitely something that I'm not rushing to take at a minus uh, 215 price. And even the regulation line, you got to lay some chalk with that. I'm going to probably look at a, something. I don't love the game, but I'm going to look at a small bet here on Dallas team total over three and a half. Fell short the other night. I think that's the best way to go. Don't worry about Buffalo's offense against Dallas. Take, focus on Dallas in a bounce back situation off a pretty hideous loss against Montreal. Now facing another team that should take care of. Like if, you, if you're going to make the playoffs and they're still talking that way, that we've got lots, we've got to finish strong. I mean, that's what I was hearing the other night after the loss to Montreal. Turned the page, bounced back, got a lot of games ahead of us. We still think we can put a run together, put us in a playoff position. These are the games you got to win if you believe that and you're buying into that. So for me, I'll go Dallas team total over three and a half. I think if you're going to take Dallas, that's from a price standpoint, from a value standpoint, I think that's the best option you can go with. And it's not like I'm still ready fully to trust Aaron Dell, even though he's had a couple of better starts at times since he's uh, taken over the net here these last seven to 10 days. Alex, what do you think here with the Stars and the Sabres? Yeah, I was able to grab three and a half in even money uh, with the team total of the Stars. And that's exactly my, my thought process that, you know, we're not, we're not saying Aaron Dell's turning things around and it's got to be one of the, the top tier goalies in the league all of a sudden after having a couple of decent starts. Granted, like I said, it was against the Detroit Red Wings. So, uh, you know, this is a Stars team that, like I said, they need to wake up. They got plenty of chances and, and tons of time left to get back into the race uh, and potentially be a, a playoff team, especially when you look at teems like San Jose. They're a team that don't, doesn't seem like they're going to be built to hang around the second half of the season. Uh, L.A., Anaheim, other teams that, that are kind of looking good right now but could fall off. So Dallas needs to get the points against teams they can beat. That's one of these games tonight. So uh, I'll go to Stars team total over three and a half as well. All right. Uh, Alex, like in uh, Dallas here, a team uh, total uh, over uh, three and a half. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's a situation where you, when you look at it for Dallas, uh, they've definitely got to uh, ramp it up here after what we – now they had 51 shots the other night. Montembeau was really good. Like I said the other day, it was his best start he's had as a Canadiens goaltender this year, no doubt. Uh, but I think definitely you look at it, uh, Dallas definitely uh, has, uh, I think, probably a good offensive game in them potentially here tonight against this uh, Sabres team. Sabres, Jekyll and Hyde too. A lot of times we've seen Sabres play well like they did against Ottawa, not follow it up. Uh, the next time out. Andrew, what do you think here, Dallas and Buffalo? I'm not a huge puck line player, but I have stepped in uh, with a small play on Dallas on the puck line. Uh, look, if I if I got it yesterday evening, it would have been a heck of a lot better of a number. No doubt about that. If you got the money line with Dallas like yesterday afternoon, depending on where you shop, could have got a heck of a better number. But look, that game where Buffalo was involved in their past two games, three games even, the shot counts, the dangerous scoring opportunities, the expected goals. I mean, I don't always bring that stuff up, but you guys know that sometimes stuff just has to give here. And this is a team that's, you know, got a lot of vets on it. You lost to the Montreal Canadiens, you know, the outpour. Five goals for the Canadians is like, is kind of like equivalent to Florida scoring 13 goals. I mean, it's just not happening. And the fact that Montreal scored five on them is just, it has to be a wake up call. So, I think I think Dallas wins like a three one four two type game here, and, and and kind of just controls the tempo here. I got to give credit to Buffalo though because I think they're showing a lot of heart. Uh, Tuck and Krebs, those new guys are playing well. I'm not sitting here and just gonna bash Buffalo, but I, I think Buff, I think Dallas squeaks out a victory. I don't think it'll be easy, uh, but this is a spot where I think if Dallas wins, they'll they'll cover the puck line for me. All right, good stuff. All right, Washington and Boston here. Next up, Capitals, Bruins, Boston, minus 175 to minus 180. Home favorites, five and a half the total, uh, pretty much across the board in this one. Fascinating dynamic here because you got the Bruins off, you know, just a debacle. That's what it was uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes, seven to one. They couldn't have played worse the other night. It was the Willie O'Ree ceremony was phenomenal, and then it was all bad news for the Bruins uh, after that. Uh, just a, a terrible first period. They never recovered. Uh, obviously, the head coach, Bruce Cassidy, wasn't happy uh, with his team following that game, rightfully so. Uh, I think in this matchup here, you see a, a much better concerted start. Look, the start is what killed Boston in that game the other night. So I'm going to go Boston first period puck line here. I think they jump on Washington early. I think that's a good angle to look at here. Washington has been a bit of a slow starter, and Washington's not playing great hockey. Look, they're very fortuitous. They came back to beat Winnipeg the other night. They started poorly in that game as well. Uh, down 2 nothing in the first period. They're being crippled. They actually finally won a game without TJ Oshie the other night, which was shocking. They had lost seven straight games without TJ Oshie in the lineup going into the game against Winnipeg. Uh, and they finally uh, won a game without him uh, the other night, uh, coming back to beat Winnipeg in overtime. So now they're 1-7 in, in the last eight games where they have not had uh, TJ Oshie uh, in the lineup and TJ Oshie's still out tonight. Connor Sheary's out and he's been actually a pretty good forward for them lately. John Carlson on IR. Dmitry Orlov suspended for a hit that took place the other night on Nikolai Ehlers of the Jets uh, in that game. That's a significant loss uh, on the back end uh, for the Washington Capitals. So to me, I would look, Bo I lean Boston in regulation too, but I think the better target is the first period because that's the period that sunk the Boston Bruins like a ship, like the Titanic uh, the other night. It, it was that first period uh, where they were just doomed. You can't fall down 5-1 to a team like the Carolina Hurricanes and expect to bounce back. Uh, I think this is the first period uh, that we look at here with the Boston Bruins, because especially back home again, uh, I'd expect them to really have a strong 
20 minutes, be at attention, be sound defensively, which they weren't uh, in that first period. It was breakdowns left and right. Uh, the plus 150 with Boston in that first period puck line I like. I also like the over a little bit, just based on, I don't know, Bruins versus Capitals. We see goals. I don't know why. I don't know what the rhyme or reason is for that, uh, but this is just another series history where we saw, what was it earlier this year, 7-3 to three, uh, between these two teams, uh, and we've seen some high-scoring affairs at times in the past. Uh, I think we could get over that five and a half there as well tonight, but uh, I like even more that first period puck line on Boston. Alex, what do you think here? Capitals, Bruins. Yeah, I'm on the first period over here. I like this one a lot. We compared, like I said, with how Boston, how they just laid the egg in that last game uh, in the first. This is a Washington team that did, like I said, kind of poor form. They're looking like the team that I thought they would be at the beginning of the year, to be honest. I thought they were going to be old, be, you know, kind of be beat, get beat up and start losing games in bunches. Uh, that's what we've seen from them now. So, that combination, like I said, not sure how it's going to play out throughout the full 60 minutes, but I think in the first 20 minutes, we should see at least two or more goals. So I like that first period over. Like in uh, first period over here, one and a half with the uh, Capitals and Bruins, which is just minus 125. Not a bad price compared to what you usually have to lay with a first period over these days. Uh, Andrew Capitals, Bruins. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Christian in the live chat here saying the Caps have no depth. And especially when they're injured, they don't. Uh, that's pretty much if you read every storyline about the Capitals for today's game, it's pretty much, you know, the top guys or nothing right now for them. And, you know, I talked about yesterday on the show, I thought the New Jersey Devils are a different team without key guys or even when they have key guys coming back from injury immediately. But this Capitals team has proven to be kind of very similar here, Ian. You know, you miss a few guys, you take Oshio to the lineup, take this guy to the lineup, and all of a sudden they're a different team. Um, so that kind of worries me a little bit. But one thing I wanted to mention about the Bruins today on the show was that, and I had a little rant I posted on Twitter, and I wish Jimmy was here for this because I worry about their goaltending situation right now. You bring Rass back, first game he wins against Philadelphia, second game you see him against Carolina I, I had the Hurricanes there we saw what happened in that game you're paying an all-mark around 5.4 or something like that per year in the ballpark we have to wonder what the deal is now with the goalie tandem if Allmark goes out tonight and pitches a you know a, a great game you know for for uh, lack of better words I, I think that all of a sudden people are saying that the Bruins fans that were calling for Rask are saying you know no, no, let's just keep Allmark in that right so I think this is actually a big game for Allmark. You know, we all talk about how these these guys are buddies and they have good team chemistry in the locker room. But we all know for goalies, they want to be out there playing. I don't care who you are, what sport you play. You want to be out there instead of the other guy. No goalie is going to say, I want the other guy to play. So I think it's a big game for Allmark tonight. I, I truly do. And uh, we saw what happened against with Rask. And let's not forget, I, I talked about on the show last week, Allmark had a 3-1 game at one point last week against the Habs and the crowd's chanting, we want Rask. Well, I wonder if he has a 2-1 effort tonight. Are they going to be chanting, we want Rask again? I don't think so. So I think this is actually a big game for the Bruins. And I think the Bruins get it done. I'm on the Bruins in regulation. I think it's a good spot for them. I think they bounce back here at the Garden and uh, wake up a little bit. So I think that we'll see a good spot here from Allmark. And I think it really... Is going to stir the pot as far as the goaltending goes for the Boston Bruins, especially with Rass making one million. And I know he didn't come back to sit on the bench, so we'll see what happens here, guys. Yeah, the the the, the regulation line is not a bad price at all, right around even money, plus a hundred right now, minus one hundred five. 
Uh, I'll probably have a little bet on that as well. I like the first period more simply because the first 20 minutes killed them the other night, and they're already saying we got to start the game ready to play tonight. Uh, and that and plus 150 to be up a goal uh, after the first period, uh, I, that's that's to me uh, the the target because I always worry as I think Boston could still very well win this game. I expect them to. I don't trust Washington, but you always worry they get that lead. Maybe they get complacent. You know, Washington makes that push in the second period if if they fall behind, and then they got a game on their hands again. But uh, definitely, I still would lean Boston in regulation though, and I'll probably still end up on that. But I like that first period puck line uh, even more. Minus a half, plus 150 in that first period. Alex liking that first period over uh, in this game with the uh, Capitals and the uh, Bruins. And uh, I know we both had Carolina-Boston over five and a half the other night. Alex did. I did as well. Couldn't have gotten any easier that game with obviously what happened uh, in the first period that night. All right, Winnipeg and Nashville. We've got the uh, Predators a minus 140 uh, home favorites in this game, five and a half being the total uh, pretty much across the board in this one. The uh, Both of these teams coming into this game off a of defeat, Nashville to Vancouver the other night, uh, losing to the uh, Canucks. And of course, the Winnipeg Jets falling in overtime uh, against the uh, Washington Capitals. So who bounces back here tonight remains the uh, question. Uh, as far as the Jets are concerned, Nikolai Ehlers being out as a result of that hit that uh, Dmitry Orlov uh, laid on him, uh, which got him suspended. So, Ehlers is going to be out and will miss at least the rest of the road trip here for the uh, Jets. And obviously significant when you're talking about uh, a guy that's got 25 points, 13 goals, and 12 assists in 20 and 34 uh, games this year uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. So very unfortunate uh, that he'll be out for the rest of uh, this road trip. So a little bit of line juggling here for uh, Dave Lowry uh, going into this game with the uh, Jets. He's going to have Andrew Kopp, Mark Shifley, and Paul Stastny. Uh, as your top line, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Cole Perfetti, you know, who I, I, the more he plays and gets acquainted in the NHL level, uh, he's starting to get uh, find his footing, scored his first career NHL goal in the loss against Washington the other night. So great to see that from Perfetti, uh, a guy that definitely has a lot of offensive upside for many years to come here in the National Hockey League. Harkins, Lowry, Svechnikov, and then you've got uh, on the third line, and then you got uh, Veseline and Toninato and Pugansky. Uh, in the uh, fourth line for Winnipeg. So some line juggling going into this game. Obviously, when you lose someone uh, the caliber uh, of Nikolai Ehlers. Look, Nashville's starting to trend in the other direction just a little bit. Uh, and the Jets, to me, in my opinion, um, even without Ehlers, sometimes you get uh, that team to rev it up first game without one of your top players. It wouldn't shock me to see that happen here. And right now, until I'm proven wrong, I'm in the boat of, and I'm in the camp right now with Nashville where it's, I'm either going taking a stance against them or I'm passing the game until further notice. And don't underestimate the absence of Matias Ekholm, too, on that blue line. He's been out now uh, for some uh, period of time, three games, and they've definitely not been that same defensive team without him. They give up the four spot to St. Boston, they lose. They give up the five spot to St. Louis, they lose. And they lose to Vancouver 3-1 the other night. They're 0-3 since Ekholm went down. He's actually one of their more sturdy uh, defenders uh, in their in their own zone. Now, obviously, they've got some other good defensemen. The OC, of course, has had a terrific year for them, and, and they're de- and they've got some other solid defensemen back there. But Ekholm is missed without a doubt. And you see, when you take one or two key defensemen out of there, and Fabro's been missing too, it means Philip Myers, who's a journeyman blue liner, and Ben Harper, another journeyman blue liner for Nashville, they got to play more minutes. Look at the Leafs last night; their whole second pair was out. Muzzin and Hall, and look at that shit show of a blue line we saw from them last night. You saw the Lilligren and Sandine pair get roasted 
by the New York Rangers last night. Alex Biega, credit to him. He's a journeyman defenseman. He's been in the league for a very long time. He's found a way to somehow keep in the NHL, but he's getting minutes he shouldn't last night for the Leafs against the Rangers. Not that many minutes, and it's because you're without two starting D, and they're both play on the same pair for you. So that communication, that chemistry, is, and that cohesion is there because they always play together, Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, they're both out at the same time. And look at what happened to the Toronto defense last night because of it. So I worry about this blue line a bit for Nashville without Ekholm. Fabro's a bit of an underrated defenseman as well. And it's looked like it in their recent results. They've yielded more goals and they've started losing games. So I'm leaning Winnipeg. I'm leaning over the total uh, in this one from a side and total perspective. Winnipeg at plus 120. And also, if you can find that five and a half, I think the over's worth a shot. Again, the Jets want to keep playing this push the pace, push the pace brand of hockey under Lowry. And it's trended to uh, a few more overs since the uh, resigning of uh, Paul Maurice. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Winnipeg, Nashville. Yeah, it's an interesting spot because you got this long road trip for Winnipeg. You've got a losing streak here for Nashville. Uh, he said it's starting to trend down and cool off a bit, which I think it was to be expected by a lot of people. They weren't going to just be this top-tier team in the Central all year long. Uh, this game screams draw, to be honest. I feel like this could be a back-and-forth pace. Probably said probably be a high enough game, high enough scoring game to get to the over. But I like the draw here plus three twenty. I wouldn't be shocked to see this would be three three or even four four after sixty minutes, uh, especially except with the t- kind of tempo that Winnipeg plays. Nashville could could try to match that intensity at least early, and if they can keep it float, I think that game should be tight enough to where we see it go past sixty. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I think that makes some sense. I think it probably will be pretty tight, uh, competitive game. We certainly saw overtime with Winnipeg uh, in their last game uh, against Washington. So the draw option uh, definitely makes some sense here. Alex looking at the draw with the Preds and the Jets. Uh, Andrew, how about you in this game? Yeah, I'm on the over five and a half. I got it at minus 125. I won't talk anybody off the six, but uh, look, uh, I think Vancouver's defense is really undergraded. And you saw what Vancouver did against Nashville. They did a good job of containing them. And I think Nashville continues to be an over team. You know, their pace, their defense hasn't been as good. Uh, I think the their defensemen haven't been top notch, really. And I've been shocked at, at the pace, like Ian, you were just talking about, that Winnipeg plays at recently. So the fact that I was able to get a five and a half, I was willing to lay the, the higher price with it, with the minus 125, and expect to see some goals here, especially after that effort that we saw from them. And Winnipeg, you look at their last four or five game scale. I mean, we're seeing six, five, you know, four getting scored against them or them scoring themselves. Same thing with the Predators. So I'm on the over five and a half here. I'd be shocked to see a low scoring game here. And hopefully it's a high scoring draw for Alex. There we go. We can hope like the Leafs Rangers game last night where we get four, three Winnipeg in overtime and everyone's happy. Uh, <laughs> we almost got it last night. It was very close to a four, yeah, three Ranger yeah. win in overtime last night. So maybe a lightning will strike here with this game tonight. Alex, I'm going to save my draw bets for the playoffs and I'll be, I'll be tailing you or I'll be taking my own too. And we'll be on some bet cast together and I'll be cheering yeah. them on. So sounds good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we're looking forward to that. By the way, the bet cast, I know Andrew's mentioned them a couple of times. They're, they're, they're coming up, guys. Just be patient. Right after Super Bowl weekend, we're starting these up, and we're going to do at least one a week for the rest of the regular season and playoffs starting the week after the Super Bowl. And we might even th- slide in, you know, two betcasts a week uh, on occasion as well. So uh, make sure you get ready for that. This will be a regular root occurrence. It'll be on it, and it'll be, we're not going to pick a Monday night or a Wednesday night either when there's only a couple of games. This is going to be on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night when we got a huge schedule ahead of us it's going to be a 
this is the, one of the best bet casts you'll ever see because there's going to be like 8, 10, 12 games on the nights that we select to do this bet cast. And there's going to be so many live opportunities that come uh, around the pike uh, on these nights when we'll be doing these live bet casts. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And again, we're going to start them up immediately after the end of the NFL season, right after Super Bowl weekend. That week, in fact, uh, after Super Bowl Sunday, uh, and we will be doing these betcasts, and we'll invite everybody on. We'll have, we'll see, we'll reach out to some of these former players I've been talking to that have been on the show before. Get them back. We're gonna have a lot of our viewers and listeners joining us uh, on the uh, betcast. You know, uh, your Chris Ottos. Uh, you know, we'll see if Turnsey's around. We'll see if uh, 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 we'll see if a bunch of uh, if Chris Otto. Uh, we definitely have you on the betcast for sure. A bunch of people. Everybody that tuned in, Nicholas Earl. You go on down the list, the people that are the loyal people and followers of this show, uh, you know, we will definitely have uh, those people on the BetCast whenever they're available and want to join us. So uh, looking forward to that uh, after Super Bowl weekend. Ice Guys live BetCast will probably start them 7 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Eastern uh, most nights, and we are definitely looking forward to those. All right, next game. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game as well. Uh, Florida and Edmonton. Oh, uh, Florida minus 155 road favorites. Six and a half the total, shaded heavily to the over, and some sevens at some books as well. So you knew it might happen in this game with Florida being the absolute wagon and juggernaut offensively uh, that they have been uh, for the last several games. Well, that is until they met the Calgary Flames the other night, uh, where Calgary off the uh, bag skate and the the you know the uh, cracking of the whip that was done by Daryl Sutter following that loss to Ottawa. Certainly worked out. He got the right response from his hockey team. Complete effort, both ends of the ice. Probably Jacob Markstrom's best game uh, in a long period of time as well uh, in that uh, performance against uh, Florida in that 5-1 win. And it was the first under for Florida in a very long time. But now you're playing an Edmonton team that is reeling a bit at the back end, that has no confidence in any of their goalies right now. They've got a major issue because Tippett's already thrown Koskinen under the bus publicly, saying brutal mistake in the one game he played earlier this year. And now you're in a pickle because Smith's still injured. What else is new? He's out again. Uh, Stuart Skinner was terrible in that game against Ottawa in the third period, and he can't suit up tonight either. Uh, he has the best average on the whole team, though, for goaltenders. That's the thing. He does. They want to give him, Andrew. The funny part is I said this the other day. They want to give him the rope. They want to give him some rope. They want to give him a chance to maybe take the job be the number one guy because they can't trust Mike Smith to stay healthy. They can't trust Koskinen because they've already thrown him under the bus publicly for a lot of the miscues and mediocre play from him, but they got no choice tonight. Smith's out Skinner's out. They have to go to Koskinen by default. He hasn't played in a while and he hasn't played well uh, in recent starts, but that's where they're at Edmonton. They've just, they got to put him in tonight and just hope for the best fingers crossed, say a few prayers and hope for the best tonight against this Florida team that, look, they finally got shut down offensively. Is that a blip on the radar? Are they going to go back to those high-scoring ways tonight? Um, Or is that a sign of things to come, that maybe this offense is going to regress and come back to the mean a little bit? I will say this about Florida. We know they've been scoring goals in bunches, no doubt about that. But on the road this year, they're 2.93 goals per game, which is nothing all that spectacular. It's, it's, It's mediocre you know, their offensive production on the road. And we kind of saw that in the game against Calgary. Keep in mind, all these offensive explosions for Florida, they've been mostly on their home ice, you know, during the last 10 games. So that is something you have to factor in here. Mm -hmm. That being said, um, even with the six and a halfs heavily juiced, and even with the sevens 
starting to pop up here. There's no way I want an under in this game. Uh, with these two, uh, the goaltending situation for uh, Edmonton, uh, they might come out flying here. They need to get the first goal. If they do that, Florida is going to open up and take more chances. And that's the one thing we saw against Calgary. When Florida is behind, they really open up. They really pinch their defense and they really take even more chances. So you look at it and Nicholas Earl makes a good point. I mean, if you're a buyer of the analytics realm, and you look at expected goals, and you look at what they actually have been scoring, there's no doubt you would expect Florida to cool off offensively, that maybe that Calgary game is a sign of things to come. But the counter-argument is, is Edmonton going to be that team to shut them down and neutralize them with what we've seen uh, for the better part of the last couple weeks while they've been struggling and in this tailspin uh, and in this losing streak? So I'm going to go with a small bet on the over just because that, because I don't love the over here, to be quite honest with you. But I, I I wouldn't want the under with Edmonton's struggles and their concerns with Koskinen and net. And I do think offensively, they could find the back of the net here and really come out flying, knowing they're desperate, they're urgent, they need a win in the worst way. So small bet on the over. Um, uh, the, the, the price on Edmonton is kind of appealing to me. I, I'm tempted by it, but I'm going to pass on the side. I think Edmonton will play hard, strong, well tonight, but will it be enough to win? We'll see. Will they get the goaltending? Will play a large part in that. But don't forget what happened to Florida against Calgary. That was one of their worst games in a while. They're coming to play tonight as well. And I'm just not willing to go against the Panthers either in this situation. So for me, it's just a little bit over six and a half in this matchup. Alex, uh, what do you think here, Florida, Edmonton? Yeah, we can maybe see a two pissed off teams going against one another here. And that should uh, shape out to be you know a goal fest. The thing is, like I said, you're not trying to lay, you know, six and a half at a high price or seven. If anything, I would try to wait out live and, and get a better price. But with these two teams, that's got to be dangerous to do. You may mm-hmm. see a goal here in the first 30, 45 seconds, to be honest, uh, with the, the kind of pace that these two teams play with. So it's more likely going to be a pass for me. I might jump in and, and try to grab some next to score props live, but uh, I'm not going to have an easy pregame. Yeah, you know what's amazing is in this game, we are going to see the top four scores right now uh, in the NHL. Uh, at this point in time, uh, Huberto, McDavid, uh, Dreisaitl, uh, they're all up there uh, in that mix. And there's someone else, too, in that top four mix right now. And they're all on either of these two teams. So uh, that tells you the uh, how the potency we're going to see here. Yeah, Spencer Knight's had a tough year. And he, again, kind of not great from him against Calgary. But you're probably going to see uh, Bobrovsky tonight uh, in net against the uh, Oilers for the uh, Florida Panthers uh, in this uh, game tonight uh, between these two teams. Um, all right, Andrew, what do you think here, Florida Edmonton? You know, I think that uh, Zach Hyman, uh, the, the current COVID protocol stuff we're seeing with him right now is, is a huge worry for this Oilers team. There's already so much going on. We talked about the Madison stuff. Talk about the, the, you know, what's going on with this team. They're slumping, they're blowing leads. You take Zach Hyman away from this team. I worry even more. Yeah. And he's he, questionable because of yeah. that protocol. Yeah. For tonight. Yeah, so if we don't see him, it's huge, you know, and it's interesting, you know, I, uh, obviously um, a lot of people are, you guys are all, everybody should be familiar with Teddy Covers, and uh, so we do our, our shows and stuff, and we've got hockey guys going on Teddy's show, and he does his research a little bit just to give some follow-up questions, you know, to the people that are talking hockey on the show. He doesn't handicap hockey, but uh, they were talking hockey on the show, and his follow-up was from an outside perspective – isn't this just an easy Florida or pass, you know, like, isn't just that like, if you're, if you're not someone that gets caught up in Oilers should be doing better, they should, they should, they should, they should. An outside perspective would just literally say, yeah, you know, this Florida team is the play. 
right? And to me, that kind of like stuck with me for a second because it's true. Like, I think the reason why I did so well with the Korean baseball was because I had no biases. I, there was no team I loved more than the other. And I think that when I heard that out of his mouth, I was like, you know what? He's right. Like, why should anybody like Edmonton tonight? What have they done to prove to any of us that they're a good team right now? And as far as that over goes, I think it's a, you know, it's a good play because they're both teams are being super sloppy. you got superstars on both sides. Um, but I want no part of this game unless I'm fading the Edmonton Oilers. And I'll be honest, guys, I haven't quite done it yet. I don't want to talk about a play that I'm not even considering betting, but there could be a change of heart later in the day or, or some live betting situations. But I wouldn't be surprised here if this is like four, four five, two Florida. And we're seeing some more funny media sound bites tonight from the Oilers. So you got to prove it to me. I, I prove it to me, the Oilers see what they can do, but uh, you know, I don't know what's going to change here. I always say this, is this a team that Oilers want to bounce back against? They got to play Buffalo or, or, or New Jersey or Detroit right now. They can't be playing a team like this to try and bounce back out of their slump. Yeah, and a team off a four-goal loss in Calgary the other night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that's the problem. It's not like Florida is going to feel good about their effort against Calgary the other night. So, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, Edmonton's got to show up here. Yeah, Florida's not happy with their last game either, and they're the better team right now. So, that's why you're right. That's why I'm not. I'm staying off Edmonton, even though, you know, I think they they, they they've heard the noise. They, we know what's going on. The vultures are circling. The pressure's on, ramped up on this team. I expect them to have a sense of urgency and a strong effort tonight. It doesn't exactly mean they're going to win. I think our guy Turnsey was hearing that we mentioned him uh, a few minutes ago, talking about the betcast. So he might be a guest on one of them uh, because he's in our chat. And good to uh, see him because we haven't uh, seen him all, uh, as much lately. He's had work and other stuff to do. I know yeah, that's the thing. We we always encourage people to tune in, but we know everyone has lives and careers and all that stuff. So we never uh, hold it against you if you can't tune in as much. But uh, we appreciate it. Before we get to our last three games. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, take advantage of this for Wild Card Weekend because it is a tremendous uh, offer being uh, given by DraftKings. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team, bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round and play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, we move on to Colorado, Los Angeles. Colorado minus 180. Road favorites, six the total in this game. Uh, Avalanche back-to-back situation for them. Two nothing uh, lost or two nothing win rather against the Anaheim Ducks uh, last night, uh, and now on the uh, back-to-back here against the uh, LA Kings. We'll see how this uh, game uh, plays out. 
uh, tonight. Uh, the Kings coming off a uh, good effort against Tampa Bay. I mean, they put up a good fight in that one, uh, but they ended up falling short six to four uh, in that game. Not the best performance by their defense in that game. Penalty kill. They got into penalty trouble, which you can't do uh, against Tampa Bay. And Cal Peterson, the young goalie, kind of struggled a little bit uh, in that game as well. Uh, you know, the Kings have been scrappy here. And when you look at the Avalanche, that other than the 5 nothing shutout they had against Arizona uh, over the weekend, you know, they have not won games easily, you know, really, other than Winnipeg, where they won 7-1. I mean, they, they've had three overtime wins and two shootout wins, you know, in their last nine games. And then the other wins were 4-3. They eked one out against Seattle, you know, and 2-0 uh, last night against Anaheim. And it was an empty net goal to put that away. So I, I kind of feel like I did the other night. And uh, we have some people in the chat here saying, you know, maybe you look Kings a little. I, I kind of feel that the Kings are in this game. They have been giving these good teams a really good battle here uh, going into this one. I certainly would lean over. The Kings have trended that way at home. We saw high scoring with them in the Lightning the other night, 6-4. to four. The, the game before that, they gave up 6 uh, in a 6-2 loss. And then that home before that, they had a 6-2 win over Pittsburgh. So, you know, they found some offense here. And good news, too, for the uh, Kings is that Adrian Kempe might be able to return. Not confirmed yet, but we'll see. And even better news for the Los Angeles Kings. Not necessarily tonight, because I don't think he'll be back tonight. But actually, he is. My bad. He is back uh, tonight. He will. Uh, he's going to be uh, promoted from the AHL. And he will be in the lineup here tonight for the LA Kings. We've been waiting for him. The 19-year-old center, first-round pick, Quinton Byfield. Uh, he will play for the LA Kings tonight. We've been waiting for that for a long time. And just when you get someone with such great potential and upside into your lineup, I expect that to really flow for the Kings tonight, really fire them up even more. So I think it's a dangerous spot for Colorado here on the second of back-to-back on the road. I might take a small flyer on the Kings as well as over six in this game as well. Alex is back with us. He dropped out just for a sec, but he's back now. Uh, what do you think, Alex, here, Colorado, L.A.? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm actually looking at the Kings here, plus 160, and it's str- strictly off going with the goalies. Uh, we've got Kemper going against the Quick. Kemper's numbers against L.A. haven't been that great in his career, 5-6-3 with just a 2.27 goals against. But God, the Quick has been a monster against Colorado throughout his career, 26-2 with 2.16 goals against and two shutouts. Uh, and he's a you know a guy with that we thought was kind of at the end of his career, just going to be more of a, a mentor to Cal Peterson. But he's actually turned into really good starts this year. I think this could be one of those spots where they catch a Colorado team that clearly is, you know, after that that tough and rumble game they had last night against Anaheim, they might be due for a, a bit of a flat spot here. So plus one sixty, and I've been back in the kicks a lot as an underdog this year. I'll go with LA to get tonight. Yeah, this is the ESPN game tonight as well. This is ESPN television tonight, the uh, Avalanche and the Kings. It's their Thursday. Not, not ESPN Plus either. This is ESPN. Yes, finally, the main network is showing hockey again. It's been a while, but now that football is over, uh, they're giving hockey a little bit more shelf life. And this is an ESPN game tonight, the Avalanche and Kings with uh, uh, Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro uh, calling it. So uh, this is a big-time spotlight here for the LA Kings. They get a national television game like this, marquee opponent. I could just see it just I mean, tangibly, it adds up. There's things to like here for the Kings tonight. Andrew, what do you think here, Colorado, LA? Yeah, I'm kind of going against the grain, I guess, with the dog. I, I like uh, the avalanche on the puck line tonight, and I think that it's actually – 
you know, I've got plus 140 I logged in or plus 135. And, you know, I look at a game like that last night where it just goes to show how good this team is with, with Colorado because they don't need to have a highlight real goal from, you know, Rantanen or McKinnon or Nas for them to do well. And that's, to me, is really impressive for a team because I talk about depth all the time. We talk about certain teams like the Capitals not having a, a lot of depth right now. I think this this Colorado team is one of the deepest teams in the league. And you don't need to have, you know, people, I saw somebody like ripping on McKinnon last night. They must've had a bet on them, but on Twitter saying like, no shots, no goals. It's like, dude, it's one game. And to me, for a team to be able to pull out a win in a game that they probably didn't play their best effort, all three of us can probably agree with that. I think that's, you know, impressive. And, and you know, facing a team now that gave up 12 goals their last two games, well, good luck having uh, those uh, problems answered and fixed against the Colorado team. So maybe you see some goals tonight altogether, you know, and over. Um, but I think the puck line's a good play here today. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think the, the games that LA has won, you know, beating New York, beating Pittsburgh, I'm impressed. But then they kind of drop two and give up six goals. It's kind of like, all right, like, what's the deal with you guys? Um, so we'll find out tonight. The always scary part about Colorado, and it's the one thing you worry about for L.A., especially when you see the way they didn't defend Tampa, is you've got a dynamic top six. It's not just McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, your top line. I've been extremely impressed. That second line's been every bit as lights as uh, been every bit as good lately with Kadri uh, O'Connor, Burakovsky. They've been magnificent uh, for this Colorado team. Uh, they've got even their third line has stepped up and scored some goals for them. But I think the Kings here tonight, and the Kings are surprisingly, they've scored more goals lately. Their season-long expected goals show that they are actually top 10 in expected goals in a lot of different categories. Where they, There's stats that point out that the Kings should actually be even better offensively than they've even been recently, where they've actually perked up and scored a few more goals. So, you know, that's why I think we'll see this game get its way over the total. I also like that. You know, I've said this theory before team on a back-to-back on the road fatigue can set in and usually that shows up with sloppy play and it shows up more defensively than offensively so i think another reason why we could see some goals in this game the game go over uh but good that's good split opinion here alex and i kind of liking the dog andrew liking the puck line here uh with uh, colorado uh montreal and vegas we've got vegas minus 300 home favorites six the total in this one i think a montreal game is an over or pass either they'll score or the opponent will score so the one thing Montreal's been doing is they've been pushing play. They've been still, you know, trying to get their chances. They've actually found their way to scoring some goals lately, uh, Montreal, in a few of these games. But we know they're still very, very susceptible and shaky and, let's be honest, pretty weak at the back end. And I know Sam Montembeau had the best game of his season, no doubt about that, uh, the other night in that win against Dallas where he was peppered with 50 shots and led his team to a win. He'll obviously be back in net tonight. We kind of figured that. Uh, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult here against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So nothing on the side. Uh, this is just me probably looking over uh, in this game with six because I just feel, and Vegas, let's be honest, since they've been depleted, we saw it against Pittsburgh the other night. They've not been locking games down. They've been giving up goals lately. Toronto scored against them. Pittsburgh scored against them with this depleted lineup, which is still going into this game, missing some uh, key pieces. Talking about Mark Stone now on COVID protocol as well. That was just announced earlier today uh, that he's on COVID protocol and out. Pacioretty's still out. You've got multiple starting defensemen, namely Nick Haig and Alec Martinez, still out. You've just not seen this this team really D up as well uh, in their own zone. So 
probably the door is open for Montreal to find the back of the net a couple of times. And I think Vegas certainly will as well. So that has me pointing toward the total uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Canadians and Golden Knights. This is a clear pass for me. It's a, a super high number. I'm not going to take a, a shot with either side. If I had to play something, it would be a total. But there's other spots I like on the board more. So, Yeah, and it's because this is not your true, you know, just blindly fade the bottom feeder with Montreal because their effort is there. There is still some heart. There's still some compete level on this team right now, even in the games they've lost. You know, it's not very easy to just blindly bet against them. And even if you wanted to blindly bet against them, look at the price you got to pay with the with the opponent right now to go against Montreal. It's not necessarily a price I'm willing to, 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 to go with right now uh, against Montreal at this point in time. Uh, Andrew, obviously, it's been a tough year for the Habs. We know that. They're basically playing for draft positioning right now. Um, and you know, it, it's, you could go back and forth. Do you want, even want him to win games? But I think when you see a win last night uh, against Dallas, still got to be somewhat happy that hey, they got a win on the board and this team's not rolling over. There's still an effort with this largely depleted lineup on a nightly basis. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking towards goals in this one. And I think the Montreal team total, like I've saw in the live chat, there is definitely a decent call tonight. Getting to Foley back was huge for this team. Anderson back in the lineup. Some guys that can score, but also, um, you know, bring some leadership to the team and, and some speed as well. You know, Josh Anderson being a big guy, but also very fast. I think we'll see some goals all together tonight, but I think you can get an even better price on that team total for the Montreal Canadiens. So kind of where I'm looking here, but obviously don't expect five goals like I saw against Dallas, but I think it'll be a good game. And uh, I look forward to watching it. And guys, look, I know I have bias because I like Ducharme from, from watching him coach in Halifax, but I think it's a load of bullshit. The amount of hate he gets it is like, look at the team, look at what the team has done. Like Ducharme isn't out there playing. Like I'm a Montreal fan and I like the fan base, but sometimes just as people say, like they are annoying. The Habs fan base can be annoying because nobody like more people are blaming Ducharme for losses than guys like Petrie or, you know, uh, Caulfield or for not doing anything or Suzuki for not scoring. And I've been defending guys like Caulfield for being so young and Suzuki and everything. But let's not forget, like, Claude Julien was fired and Ducharme led the team, you know? Like, it just pisses me off that this fan base wants a new coach every time the shit hits the fan. You know, it just, it bugs me. And so I don't know your guys' thoughts on it, but I don't think this entire season is Ducharme's fault. Yeah, I mean, he's in a tough spot. I mean, I that apparently the fans want him out, and I, I'm probably, I, I'm not, I'm definitely on the belief that he's he might he probably is going to be out after this year because he got a new GM now that was just announced uh, yesterday for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And what is it like with the new GM? They want their own man in there uh, as the head coach, and that's what you really worry about here a little bit with the. Uh, a new general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. He's going to want his own guy in there, but uh, yeah. I think it's hard to put a ton of blame uh, right now uh, on uh, Ducharme for this situation, because look, the, you've had a depleted lineup for like two solid months straight. Um, so, but again, unfortunately, Andrew, I know you want him around. He's probably not because Kent Hughes is probably going to want to end up bringing in uh, his own guy. And it's unfortunate, but because uh, remember this was Bergevin's guy, not yeah. Kent Hughes. So, it's, it's just that's the situation. You know, when you hire a new GM, he usually wants uh, his own uh, head coach. And that's probably what you're going to end up seeing here. I kind of have a feeling that Ducharme will go somewhere in the AHL and do really well there for yep. a while. He's a very young coach. He's still a young guy compared to lots of coaches. 
Yeah. And of course, thrust into the head coaching situation after Julian was dismissed. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, no one really expect he didn't really expect to be head coach of the Montreal Canadiens because, no. you know, at the time they weren't expecting Julian to be uh, let go. But uh, he so is his, his story real quick. Ian. he actually coached in Halifax and he didn't get fired from Halifax. He chose to leave the team to go coach at the Drummondville Voyageurs because uh Vol- or Voltager because he wanted to be closer to family because he has young kids. Yeah. And then to to be from Quebec and 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 just start with the Halifax Moose to get a chance and end up coaching as an assistant with the Montreal Canadiens and then going to a cup final as the head coach. I, I just it's just resume material. And no matter what happens to him this year, he's got resume material and a world junior gold medal. Yeah, and he still took the team to the cup final. You can say what you want about, you know, what those it was a unique season. You only played in the one division in you know, Canadian. You can say all you want, but you still did something right, you know, helping Montreal get to the uh, Stanley Cup final as head coach of the team last year for sure. All right, final game of this Thursday card. We've got San Jose and Seattle. Seattle minus 115 to minus 120 home favorites, five and a half the total in this one. I actually have a lean to the under in this game. This does feel like it's probably going to be lower scoring. Philip Grubauer, that was one of his better games in a long time to help Seattle finally get back in the win column uh, against Chicago uh, in their last game. It was definitely a good performance from him uh, in net, one of his better ones. Aiden Hill's actually kind of been better lately as well for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Neither of these teams from one game to the next, you can fully rely on uh, offensively. Seattle's really, uh, Dave Haxtell's talked about it. If we're going to win games, we got to keep it tight. We got to keep it lower scoring. We've really got to keep the scores down uh, in some of our games. So I think that's the way they want to play. I lean under. I actually might end up playing, though I don't feel strongly about it, but I might end up playing Seattle here. And I have not looked to bet Seattle very much. But when you finally win a game, things have not been going well for this team, clearly. But you finally get a win the other night against Seattle, San Jose. And you finally have a chance now to maybe, you know, when you finally have something good happen, it's sometimes a good thing for the team. You relax a little bit. You exhale. And now you can relax and now play even better the next time out. You finally got that win to snap the skid. It wouldn't surprise me to see Seattle win back-to-back. And for the most part, their efforts on home ice have been has, have been pretty good. They just haven't always gotten the results for them. And to me, this is a team that San Jose, where one game they can look great and one game they, they don't. You know, it's a very up and down team at the moment. Uh, you know, they had that breakout where Timo Meyer went nuts against the Kings, but they haven't always been one of those teams that can sustain that from one game to the next. So I do lean Seattle here a little bit. There's something to that theory where teams on a long losing streak, they finally win. And a lot of time there's a carryover effect uh, into the next game and the momentum carries over uh, into the next game. That could happen for the Kraken here tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Sharks, Kraken. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Normally I wouldn't be looking at a team, you know, coming off of a win to snap a big losing streak to, to bounce, bet on them again, to keep that momentum rolling. But the way that they won that game against Chicago, going into the shootout, it wasn't exactly the cleanest of victory. So I'm taking a shot here with San Jose, honestly. I, I think – uh, they're the better team, obviously, and, and you look at how uh, division opponents have just feasted on Seattle. They've gone one in five against Pacific division opponents so far. So uh, at this point, it just looks like like San Jose was the, the team in the back here, especially at a pick and price. Aiden Hill, like I said, they're playing a little bit better as of late. So it's not going to be any chances I'm going to be back at Aiden Hill. Uh, this is one of them tonight. All right, like in uh, San Jose uh, in this one against uh, Seattle. Uh, in uh, the Emerald City, uh, Andrew, uh, San Jose, Seattle. Nothing here for me, Ian. 
There you go. Uh, it's, it's it's a tricky game. I get it. I mean, San Jose's up and down. Seattle's been bad, but they. I just uh, on, a, on a card like this, I have yeah. no problem saying pass. <laughs> Especially a, a game like this, I get it. Yeah, and even the total. I mean, it's five and a half, and I know some people like, hey, these teams are due to, uh, you know, have a better showing offensively. But I think Seattle really is trying to tighten it up. They've really played a low event game, you know, the last few. Like really, they're trying to keep the chances at a minimum, the pace at a minimum because I think that's their best pathway to win. I'm shocked it took them till January 20th to figure that out. Uh, but they are starting to say, you know what, we can't go run and gun and try to trade chances and play an open style. We just don't have the depth forward-wise that so many other teams do. And now they're trying to play a little bit more of a tighter checking style, which I think does give them, Seattle, that is, their best chance to win. Great stuff with Andrew and Alex uh, for this Thursday show. Uh, 185 live viewers right now on YouTube. Make sure you hit the like button on the way out if you haven't already. These are always our longer shows, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, these big cards, but we enjoy them because uh, nobody can break them all down on every single game fashion like we do here uh, on the ice, guys. And we take pride in that, that we do every single game on the board every single day, and hopefully you guys do as well. And also I want to remind you, um, I know with some of these podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, go on down the list, you can give ratings, reviews for the podcast as well. I've noticed them. Uh, on you know a few of these sites and i believe apple podcast has us at 4.7 stars out of five with the ice guys show and yeah. so many positive reviews talking about how much you enjoy the information on this show that we break down every single game from a betting perspective every day throughout the season and it really is means a lot to us uh, that every uh, whoever has taken the time uh, in the past to submit those reviews uh, for the podcast and the show uh, in general it means a lot we appreciate it we treat the viewers and the listeners like family uh, because you are you're a big part of this show and we're going to show you that you're a big part of this show when we bring you guys on the show later in the year we're going to have more special guests we're going to have the betcast where we'll bring on a bunch of viewers and listeners uh, it is a family affair here with the ice guys nhl hockey betting show uh, that is for sure so thank you to everyone who has uh, sent along a very positive kind re- and even if you have a negative review you hate the show you hate me you hate andrew you hate alex you hate jimmy whoever uh we appreciate that too feedback is a good thing good or bad we want more good feedback we want more good reviews but feedback of any kind is very much uh, appreciated publicity. For sure. <laughs> publicity exactly it gets the name out and it gets the uh, show some uh some uh, attention and that's what we're looking for, for sure. All right, what we're also looking for is some winners tonight on the Thursday card, uh, some best bet winners specifically. Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? Let's go with Boston-Washington first period over. He laid $1.20 there. Uh, I think Boston's like going to come out guns blazing early in the period. And we, we see higher scoring affairs with these two clubs, so uh, I feel really comfortable in, in, in catching this first period over the late with the Bruins and the Caps. All right, Washington, Boston over one and a half, minus 125 uh, in the first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Andrew, best bet. Let's rock with Winnipeg and Nashville over five and a half because there's still some five and a halfs out there. Uh, and if you can't, I'll endorse the six as well, guys. Here, I like it. I think we're going to see lots of goals here. Nashville coming off, uh, you know, not the best performance from them. Uh, Vancouver dominated that game. And Winnipeg, I've been surprised by some of the games they've been playing in and you know, five and a half. I see we can get over five and a half here. Both teams. Uh, I've been surprised surprised this season by the pace they've been showing us, but I don't really expect it to change when they go head to head here tonight. All right, there we go. Winnipeg, Nashville, over five and a half, minus one twenty. Uh, best bet for uh, Andrew. 
uh, on this Thursday card. Turns, he's saying, I secretly hate you guys. <laughs> yeah, we hate your li- we hate your guts too, uh, Turnsy. We really, really do. You really piss us off. You know that? You really, you really upset us when you know today you're showing up in the chat for the first time in uh, a while. You know, <laughs> in there every single day. So you're right. We got a reason to hate you. I'm kidding, of course. You know that. I know everybody's got lives and work and careers, and you can't join us every day. So we love you, Turnsy. You are one of our loyal fans and viewers and listeners, and we appreciate that. Uh, my best bet. Let's see if we can cash a winner after 20 minutes uh, tonight in one of the games. Boston minus a half, plus 150 in the first period. I think it's a great situation. They couldn't have played a worse opening 20 minutes against the uh, Hurricanes the other night on Willie O'Ree night. I think they make amends. Washington is still very, very erratic and still missing key pieces. Oshie, among others, Boston jumps on them, in my opinion, in the opening period. Bruins minus a half, plus 150 first period uh, for my best bet for this Thursday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the big card. Enjoy all the games in NHL action, and good luck tonight. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.